Today's podcast is brought to you by Sony XM3's industry-leading noise-canceling headphones. Less noise, more creating. Guys, these headphones are absolutely incredible. I've been using them for about three years now since the XM2s. And these headphones are seriously a game changer. No matter where you go, you are in 100% complete control of your environment. You can transform them with the click of a button. Noise canceling on. Ah, I love it when she says that. Anywho, these headphones have 30 hours of battery life. The party never stops. Find your creative flow with the Sony XM3s. Today's guest was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. He was inspired at an early age by the mountains, ocean, and the natural beauty that surrounded him. He quickly found photography as a creative outlet to capture the sense of inspiration he felt when exploring these places. Now as a Maryland artist, the magnificent landscapes of the West continue to call him back. He's enjoyed many fulfilling journeys across the western part of the United States and Canada that capture its beauty. His hope is to stir memories for people who have viewed the beauty of these places and inspire others to explore these majestic locations for themselves. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, landscape and adventure photographer, Jay Moore. Hey, how's it going, everybody? How's it going, Prince, most importantly? My man, I'm doing well. Jay, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm pretty stoked, fired up. I've obviously been a big fan of of your your hub art of visuals and and you yourself so this is uh pretty exciting to sit down and talk a little bit about this stuff and kind of get out there and uh, chat about photography and chat about the art world and chat about how art and photography kind of are the same yet they blend together and sometimes people just not necessarily get it 100 percent, but some people do and that's uh yourself included that get that whole fact that photography is art we're out there making art every day so I'm excited to be on today, and I'm excited to talk about it. Right on, brother. Why don't you start us off with letting the AOV community know a little bit more about yourself, Jay? Sure, sure. So uh, I've been in photography ever since high school, so that was a few years back. We'll just say a couple decades. You know, I'm not the youngster anymore that I used to be when I first started this back in the film days um, when I was shooting black and white, you know, uh, Kodak 100, things like that. But I started there just going on hikes, you know, hey, hey, let's go for a hike this weekend. So we'd go for a hike. I'd grab my camera, you know, my my meters were all just, you know, my K1000, you know, going that direction and didn't even need a battery to shoot a, to shoot a frame. But um, and that's just kind of how it started, how I got into it. Um, I loved it instantly. You know, it's like one of those things that back in the film days, you'd, you'd take, take a roll, two rolls and you'd go develop it. And weeks later, you'd get your pictures back and go, dang, totally overexposed. These, this whole role is terrible. You know, so you kind of learn a little differently than you do today. And so that's kind of got me into the world and being in Oregon, it was really, um, born and raised there. I was really, it was really kind of easy to find places to go to explore and just see amazing sites. So I kind of needed to have, or wanted to have, I should say something to document it just to be like, the ability to bring it back to family and friends and say, Hey man, we got to go down to bandit. We got to go check out these spots. And that was again, you know, a good 20 years ago or so. And uh, it's been evolving ever since. And down to out in Maryland's just through life, you know, life has brought me out here, married kids. But, um, as you know, as you just said, my family lives back in Oregon. A lot of my family do. So we go back there. I go back there a lot. 
Our family goes back there. We try to go, you know, on a yearly basis. Um, and I go back there solo sometimes. And just when I get there, I'm like, hey, you know, I love seeing you guys, but let's get in the car and let's go somewhere. Let's go up to, you know, whether it's Multnomah and close or that's let's go south of the, the um, ocean, southern Oregon, or let's go to the mountains. Let's get let's get in the car and go somewhere. So kind of doing that. I still shoot around here. I still do a lot of photography in the Maryland, mid-Atlantic area. But, you know, it's just not the mountains and the landscape that you get in the Rockies or even the Oregon coast or Cali or anything like that. So I'm always kind of, when's my next trip back to the, you know, Utah, you know, when's my next trip? So I'm always trying to plan. It's harder nowadays to do it, but uh, with family and and stuff, but you still got to do it. The only way to do it is by getting on the books, getting on the calendar and and then, you know, asking your wife very nicely, can I, can I also, I, you know, I got to do this. This is a part of my, it's part of my drive, you know, it's part of my business, but I still, you know, all of a sudden I'm gone for a week, it tends to be about a week or so at a time, you know, just to get in there and get out and uh, get a handful of pictures. All right. Um, it's funny that you said you started out in, in back in the film days because, it's almost like the film days are once again. Like I know they're coming back. <laughs> you know how this works. It's like bell bottoms and uh, crop tops, all that kind of stuff. They always come back, right? And everybody's going back to the, the basics. I know. Have you have you dabbled in in film since the resurgence in it, or are you strictly uh, digital these days? No, it's pretty digital. I mean, a lot of stuff. Um, I do have my media format camera. It's sitting right over there. It's right in the office. It's the four by five. You know. Put the put the curtain over your head. Everything's upside down and backwards. But um, I haven't. You know, I, I've thought about it a few times, and I have talked to some people. You know, what's cool with the with digital age, and especially media format, is there's some people that I'm friends with around here, friendly with, I should say, that uh, take photographs with their digital camera of the four by five back of the camera. So they're shoot they're photographing digitally the film the visuals of that film and then digitally enhance, you know, then going through their computer and digitally enhancing and things like that. But I haven't brought back the film yet. You know, it's, I got rid of all my film cameras and, you know, I did back. I I was, I was hesitant to go from film. That's what's so crazy. (laughs) I drugged my feet so long from film because I loved it. But then I got into digital and it was just, whoa, it's just great. You can instant feedback. You know what I mean? So before with light meters and things like that was, um, critical. You had to have all that. You had to understand that. And I took that into film or into um, digital, but I haven't gone back. It's something maybe I've thought about it. Um, I play around with the Hasselblad for a while and maybe I'll just try to find something online someday soon and get back into it. And it's the whole, it's, I don't know. It's, it'd be like going back to my, the route, you know, and checking it out. It could be cool. Could try it out. Maybe it'd be an experiment. Maybe it'll be a new, my next, uh, my next project, you know, take the digital camera and then throw on the K1000 again. I mean, I was a, I was a, I was a Canon guy back then too, or the a medium, but the K1000 was awesome. The Pentex, you know, it was so, it was just a workhorse. So I had that, I bought that, I think for like a couple hundred bucks back in the day and sold it, unfortunately, you know, years ago. <laughs> right. But it's, yeah, no, good, good, uh, good question. I don't know. Maybe that's the next thing. Maybe it's, you just spurt, maybe just sparked a, some, maybe you're just a catalyst. Right. Creating, creating fun. Well, it's interesting, you know, because digital, everything's so instant. And like you said, instant feedback, instant gratification. Film, I think the reason film's really seeing a major comeback is because it, slow, it slows you down. It slows the process mm-hmm. down. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially for, especially for a generation that grew up with everything being digital and is constantly 
being consumed oh, yeah. with fast, cheap, uh, just yeah. quick things, quick things all the time. I think for young people, shooting film is very satisfying <laughs> for them oh, yeah. to just take a step Absolutely. back. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Talking about you know the slowdown, the four by five. You're taking one frame every half hour. You got to get there two hours ahead of time. And uh, you, it's a really good point. I mean, I just recently was in Oregon just last week or last month and doing a had a week outing with my buddy. And we were down in like the southern Oregon region, kind of down there by the coast. And uh, we were in a spot on my tripod. You know, I'm still shooting tripod. I'm still, you know, I'm slower. I'm slow compared to most because all of a sudden these folks roll down. We'll call them kids. You know, they were young, energetic. They didn't even have like the what I considered the right gear on because they were just like, ah, we'll just go walk down this mountain and uh, take some pictures. And they were just firing off stuff left and right. Just I don't even know how many pictures they took, but I still take way more than film days. But yeah, slowing down is key, you know, because, you know, after you leave that location, you can't go back to those those moments. And so taking that deep breath when you're looking at that light hit and you know you maybe have 30 seconds to a minute. You better know what's going to happen. You might, you might act, you might get lucky. You know, pee, pee on the cameras does not equal professional. You know, so you better, you better know what your settings are in your manual mode to be able to get around when that light changes and how things change. And, and most importantly, what you want to do with it, you know, because you might want to underexpose it. You might want to overexpose it and your cameras doesn't know, doesn't know what to do. Right. So if you're just kind of firing away, you might get lucky, but most likely you're probably going to be a little off, you know. And so I would say, yeah, the, the film days and the film days, the resurgence of those film days would be a, a fun way to look back at some of my old shots because I still got boxes and boxes of film. Every once in a while I pull out the, the you know, I still have the view, the, um, you know, my eyeglass and my, Right. backlight i still look at those i shot a lot of slide film too so i always it's always fun to look at that kind of stuff so you, you were talking about some young photographers firing off tons of shots and i guess that would be technically a pro of digitals right you can just yeah yeah one of the huge i mean you can fill a card with you know you can go home with three thousand photos from trust me mesa mesa arch i was there just you know <laughs> shooting. i was at like a seven frame you know bracketed I shot a couple, <laughs> couple, uh, several hundred, maybe a thousand of just a morning sunrise. But you know, yeah. So, happens. so with that said, I, what I'm curious about is like, how, how do you approach uh, shooting a photograph? What's your process when you're out on the mm -hmm. road and mm -hmm. you're getting ready to do your thing? What does that process look like for you, Jay? Well, you know, speaking of technology, one of the major advantages now is just your information to find and get places. Whether you're talking Google Earth. And figuring out angles and figuring out where light is, figuring out like apps that um, that give you that option to be able to see where you could be in those positions at that time where the sun's going to be. So I'm a huge light guy. So light as in natural light, sunlight. You know, I like I like directional light. I like depth. I like shadows I, I, in everything that I do. So I got to know where the sun is or the moon or whatever I'm shooting. So going into it, I've already prepared kind of where I want to be in a scenario. So if I'm going on the road, I'm going to hit five or six places. I'm going to have my game plan of where I want to go for game for number one shot. And then when I get there, knowing that I'm flexible and like go and understanding that you have the scene right there in the um, um, in the southern Oregon coast is down the, by the natural arches. But guess what? It's raining. The sun's out. There's a rainbow behind me. 
you know? So obviously I don't plan for that. You can't plan for that. So you just got to turn, your get your, con- <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> so, and when they hit, you just gotta, um, I'm looking for composition. I'm looking for light. I'm looking for depth. And so that may be, I'm not a flat shooter. I'm not a, you know, like that blue hour is fine. I, you know, people that do that, it's great. It's beautiful. I, I enjoy that. I like the light. I like that, that depth. Um, so give me a contrasty scene any day. I'm going for it. But to plan ahead is critical, especially with the technology, even though we're talking the film versus digital age, use my computer going in. So I have a game plan. And then, then um, you know, I'm flexible day of, man, that, that moment of. It, you got to be a little flexible to be able to change the, your settings, change your um, focus on what you wanted to do. Because if the light hits a little differently and something's happening, I try to let my eye tell my, you know, tell me what's the beauty that's happening in front of me, not what I've necessarily planned and what I've seen and what I should be shooting, but just letting, letting my eye kind of let the beauty absorb in me and then maybe adjust your camera, your tripod to that scenario. So that's kind of the plan. There's, it's organized chaos is how I think of it. So you organize and then the moment's happening. I mean, it's nature, you know? Right. You just got to let it happen. And then you try to photograph what you can, what you can. I love that you said organized chaos. I was chatting with my creative director about this the other day about it's important for creatives to some extent to be organized and Mm -hmm. to, to to put in that front work. And yes, we understand that reality is chaotic and you can't control that. And so things do change, but having a plan gives you, gives you at least a strategic way to, to move forward and right, right. oftentimes yields better results. Uh, right. My next question for you would be, do you think that you lose anything when you're overshooting versus like showing up to a spot and blasting off 3000 photos right, right. versus being, you know, during a sunset versus being more strategic and right. you know, maybe only taking, you know, 200 photos right i think i i I think um everybody's different let's start there you know everybody's technique and strategy is different i feel like when you're overshooting you're not looking at the moment you're not being in the moment of what you see around you so what i try to do is I i i shoot a lot of things that are longer exposure anyway so i'm shooting you know five six second exposures and so or more 30 seconds if I can, if I have my 10 stop on, I'm, you know, I'm shooting, 10, I'm shooting a 30 second exposure. So I, I hit that, I get it all, you know, focused. I, I hit that shutter. I'm able to step back from my tripod and kind of just look, keep my eyes kind of on a, um, uh, you know, kind of just kind of moving around the scene to see what else is going walk away from the tripod, see it from a different direction where if you have your cam in your hands, you're just firing. You're probably not seeing that. Maybe you are, but Chances are you're not. You don't. You didn't scout ahead of time again. Like the planning, it gives you a chance when that um, chaos happens that you're not frazzled. You have a next potential plan in place. And so, you know, it doesn't mean I'm always on the going with by the plan because sometimes, you know, sometimes your your car breaks down and you're fall a day behind, and that happens, you know. And and then you're like, well, shoot, we better just, you know, or it's terrible weather and you can't. You can't do anything about it. Right. Do you stick around and wait around for it, or do you push through and go to the next spot? And so, um, I think I think there is a moment where if you overshoot, you're not absorbing the moment that's around you, and therefore you might miss a critical, you know, critical moment of you know sunrise or sunsets, especially because I'm doing a lot of those. I try to at least. Um, you might miss something. You might miss the fact that even though you're set up in one spot. 
it actually is better 10 feet down the, down the path. And it happens a lot. You know, you, I walk down 10, 20, 30 feet. I call it the, um, the 50 step rule. Just keep, just keep walking one way or the other. You may, you may miss one minute of time, but you actually might get your portfolio shot versus, you know, a good shot. Nobody, everybody likes a good shot, but you know, every once in a while you get a portfolio shot that, that, um, you moved, you ran somewhere quick because the light changed and you just, even in the middle of the exposure, picked up the tripod, ran to the next spot and, and got it, got the capture, got the image. I love it. What do you think some of the biggest obstacles are for you as a photographer? Uh, gosh, um, biggest obstacles right now, I would say for me, it's just about time. You know, time is tough. Um, there's a lot of people that, gosh, when I was younger, I was moving all over the place. I just, I, I look at these, these folks that have no, you know, the responsibilities are lower. Say, let's just stay there. For so sure. um, they have the ability to travel and do do what they can, and they're and they're doing great. They're making some great work. But I would say um, that's going to be my talent. My biggest challenge is time, and then um, trying to trying to carve out that time to make sure that the that fire, that passion that's that's kind of driven through photography, especially landscape, gets fed, so to speak. You know, sometimes there's moments where my wife and I are chatting. And that we're talking about, you know, potential things and what what the future looks like in six months. And she just says, just plan a trip, go go to the mountains, you know. And so I get to the mountains, and and, and it just kind of the energy goes from low to high. And then I come back, and you know, life kind of pulls it down slowly. It comes up and down, you know, kind of right. fluctuates. But then, you know, you're out in nature, and being in nature is the most important part. Photographing it to me is is what I what I'm passionate and love to do. But being in it, absorbing it, and just seeing it with my own eyes, all these places are, you know, memories of having it with my some of my best friends, my wife, and then hopefully my kids. You know, I've already been to a few places with my twin girls. They're five, um, and we we hope to we hope to get back to the Colorado or the the Rockies or the Canadian Rockies with them, or take them to Yosemite, and you know, we want to travel with them and show them nature. You know, so time right now is my biggest challenge, but um, I just have to uh, accept it. And then make sure that those those time that I do have in the field, I take advantage of it by not messing around, staying focused and having a plan. Absolutely. I think that's really rad, too, that you you travel with your family, you bring your wife sometimes and, and, and start to bring your kiddos on these adventures. Yeah. Uh, you're obviously not the only person in the community that has a family. Right. So for all the other busy family right. uh, men and women from the AOV community, what are... What are a few tips maybe that you might be able to provide as far as how you how you balance being a full-time photographer, right. having a career that entails traveling and these things and uh, and keeping up with your family all at the same time? Right. It's a good question. Balance of life, it's important and no matter what you're doing, um, no matter what career you're in. And uh, I think it's one of the most important things for me. For me as a photographer, I have a very uh, flexible schedule. I do this full-time, so I'm doing corporate, commercial, all that kind of stuff. And I also take care of the kids a little bit, you know, so I have days, we call them daddy days, you know, where dad takes care of the kids. And, and as you know, Prince, you're, you're, you're getting, you're going down that road of getting, you guys just got engaged and, you know, yep. life, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a wife. I don't know if you've set your date yet or all that. Right, right now it's just donut days, but, Do, but right, no, donut I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And so when you get there, you know, there are a ton of people out there that are doing that. And there, it, it is a challenge. I think the biggest thing is communication. I'm a huge fan of communicating 
not, you know, talking to my wife, she's a huge outdoor person too. So it's not like I'm, you know, I'm preaching to the choir to her why we need to get out and uh, enjoy nature. Um, and, she, and again, I, I take some days with the kids all, all year long, a couple days are my days to watch them while I have, while I flex my schedule. And now, um, and then what you want to try to do is just get that time on the calendar as soon as you can communicate to, um, your loved ones about what you want to do. And also take those and take the advantage of your local, whatever that is, whatever they are. It's just, we're out here. I'm out here in the mid Atlantic fall is amazing. So fall, I barely have to leave the house. I mean, I do, but you know, I, I don't have to go very far and I have a beautiful red maple tree that's blowing up and I have, I spend <laughs> an hour walking around that tree to figure out where the best scenario is. So, and then say thank you a lot to the loved ones that when you're gone, you know, say, remember to, to thank them that you're leaving for a week without them and, um, do whatever you can on each side and every day to like show them that, that you appreciate that. I dig it. Your landscapes are stunning. Well, I appreciate that, Prince. I, I, I do. I really appreciate that. What's I'm curious, the Monument Valley rainbow photo mm-hmm. is something, right. I mean, that's a very special, special image. What's the backstory behind that photograph? Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a really fun story. It's not only a, a shot. Real, real quick for those that, for those listening at home, if you guys hop on his Instagram, it's J Moore, J underscore more underscore photography. And the photo that I'm looking at, it was, uh, taken on january 14th if you guys want to check out the image uh well yeah that was that was when i posted it um yeah so it's back if, I, yeah. yeah i posted that day and then um i it was during a trip with my buddies my wife at the time um wasn't my wife yet and hit my best friend my travel buddies one of the first times we were, we're road trippers so high school i was out in massachusetts doing a sports camp he came and drove all the way across the country picked me up and we drove all the way back. That was our first road trip. That was again back in the film days when I'm running around with my K1000. So, um, so that particular scene, we were in Monument Valley. That's right in the spot where right now is a hotel. It wasn't a hotel then. We were in a camper. We had rented a camper. We were driving all over the place, um, and we wanted to go back to Monument Valley. We'd been there before. Our um, at the time, really good girlfriends, but turned into wives, hadn't been there. So we wanted to show them that we. We had a good time the night before. Let's just say that. We parked the car or the RV with the view of um, the mittens. We had the window out. We had um, a few beverages. Um, and we tied, We had a fun time. We, it was rain in the forecast, so we thought uh, tomorrow morning won't be anything. Right. Woke up an hour before my alarm. Like everything, I'm always trying to wake up an hour. I was right there, so I'd just get up. Got up, walked outside, still raining, still gross. And I wasn't feeling strong in my uh in my body you know i was kind of i needed some more rest let's just say that right so i laid back down and thought oh it's a wash no joke all of a sudden i get woken up by my buddy his name's jeff um whacking on the side of the 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 rv right where my window is to our thing jay get out here you gotta get out here right now so i'm like what i wake up frazzled so I'm jump out of the, the RV, grab my bag. It's, it's sitting there still throw on my shoes, see this rainbow happening, but it's, we're kind of lower in the, by where they're parked. I am sprinting up this, the, the sand, you know, wet red sand in the, my tennis shoes just to get over the horizon. And right when I get over the horizon, there's the Mitchell Butte right there. It's that direction. 
And so set up my camera as fast as I could, captured probably, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 frames of that, of that rainbow sitting there. So, um, not only was it an amazing sight and I enjoyed it, it was a sight I almost didn't get to see or photograph if it wasn't for a, a really good buddy telling me to get my butt out of the RV and outside to see this. Um, I would have slept right through it. It doesn't happen often, but, <laughs> but you got to have good friends in the field sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a stunning shot. And it, I mean, it has what you seem to like, you know, great light high contrast you know you got some great shadows some great highlights um right i'm curious what are so there's lots of landscape photographers within our community uh what are one to maybe three tips for landscape photographers that you would give someone that's maybe not like your cliche tips like you know closing down your aperture using Uh a tripod those types well um I would say first thing is try to get into your manual mode. I say this to all, all, all folks that talk, talk to me that are getting into it or just starting out. Figure out the manual mode. You know, figure out how the – it's a triangle. I talked to the triangle. How they work and why they work together. Go, go photograph a tree in your backyard. Go photograph a, a, you know, anything that shows you depth and how those, how those work together. Why you can't just crank up your ISO to 6400 and think it's going to be fine because you're going to get back to your computer and you're going to be like, wow, this is kind of funny looking. It's a little blocky. It's a little, it's a little muddy in the shadows. So I would say get into manual mode as quick as you can and understand it as quick as you can. Um, and we have resources uh, on yeah, the Art of Visuals website. If you guys just search Art of Visuals yeah. Basics of Photography, I go over the exposure triangle, shutter right. speed, ISO, everything uh, that yeah. you would need. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of folks uh, in your community that, that that love photography. They're trying to figure it out and understand it. And um, and again, I'll go back to depth and shadows. Um, I would say find the light, find where it's coming from. It's something even in an overcast day. There's light. You know, there's those that bank of light up there is amazing. You can shoot some beautiful flowers if you you know the colors pop a little better. Um, and then you have dramatic light. Like I had a lot, a couple times just recently in Oregon that just was amazing. Just control those shadows a little bit. Make sure you're not blowing your highlights. And if you have focus or if you have a highlight peaking in your camera, turn that sucker on, man. Um, it's, it saves me all the time because in your cam, in your back viewfinder, sometimes it just doesn't show you that you're losing a highlight up there in the, in the sky. And you could pull those shadows back out later, but you can't replace that highlight later. So turn that turn that on. Figure out what that red blinky's doing, and uh, change your exposures depending on what it sets. And then and then again, digital age, like we talked earlier, advantage, huge advantage for that over the film days. You would have to take a light meter, check it, check it again, <laughs> and then pray to the the, the uh, film gods that you got it right but then you, you know the highlights were a little easier to control back in the film days there's more of the shadows you were worried about what are some ways that let's just say someone's out and about shooting and yep. it's not a dramatic day and there's not right. you know beautiful light or high contrast light or right. variants of light and so what are some ways that landscape photographers can add drama to their photos and post right. you think Right. Well, first off, and done well, done, done with, you know, done well. Yeah. Um, 
I would say first thing is, you know, when you're out in the field and you get those overcast days, unless it's a really cool overcast, but you get those white clouds, just know you're pulling out the sky in your shot. So start with, you know, readjusting your mindset of like, I'm not, get, the sky is not going to really be in my photograph. Second is um, when you get back, well then, and then obviously take your captures where, you know, there's still light coming from those, from those clouds. They're just, you just find those spots that gives you a little contrast and then get into post and, you know, start working those highlights a little bit. Take it in. If you have to, if you want to go into, you know, start in Lightroom, work the contrast slider a little bit, play with your highlight slider. But if you ever, if you have the ability to get into Photoshop and start working with the layers, pull out the highlight pin, pull out the shadow pin and just add a little bit of light to sides of the light that's already lit. Even though it's miniature and it's not as big as a big bank of sunlight hitting you, there is a shadow to a tree if it's on that right, on the correct side of the light. Just accentuate that light, and that light will accentuate the shadows because you're pulling it apart, creating that depth. Um, and then, you know, like I said, go go take some pictures of some cool foliage. Go take some pictures of things that are within the scene because sometimes, like in the redwoods. I root for overcast because it's so awesome to have that that feeling of that when you're shooting kind of up into the trees and the 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 the, the clouds and the fog are in the mix. It feels so I don't know unworldly. You know, it just feels amazing when you're up in those type of things. You, blue sky, great, still a great spot. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but redwoods, I'm always looking for a little bit of cloud cover. So uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, I love the redwoods. I love I love a mix. Right. I love I love the I love the fog. The fog's a a, a must oh, yeah. have, but I love the fog with a nice high contrast light. So you get those beautiful light rays beaming yeah. through oh, yeah. through the forest. Oh my goodness! That and yeah, no, it, 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 we we were just there. It was pouring. We went down there. Like I said, we we had to stop. You got to go to the redwoods. You're in that area, Southern Oregon, Northern California. You got to get to the redwoods. I don't. I, one, there's so many patches. Unfortunately, there's not as many patches. We don't want to get into that right now because we don't have enough time to talk about that. But there's uh, there are patches out there that are still there. They're still amazing. There's they have this aura, and you get a little cloud. Even the rain. I have some video. I'll probably post. I don't normally post video, but it's just. The sound of the raindrops in the redwoods, just something about it. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, you, you add a little bit of ray, light ray, and then that's when you start geeking out. <laughs> it feels like home, right? Yeah, like, yeah it like, does. Like uh, naturally, in a natural sense, like away from no, the I, city, away from all the buzzing and noise, and, and you're just oh, back yeah. in your peaceful, quiet nook in the forest. Yeah, I would take that all day. I know. I, I hear you. It's, you need it. That, I mean, just sometimes you don't need the – the most amazing light and the most amazing sunrise and color. You just need nature being nature and nature reigns in the red redwoods and, you know, hearing those drops clicking on the leaves. Oh man, there's, there's something there. Yeah. It's, go, it's, go hug the tree while you do it. Get, get a little yes. wet, go hug a tree, go touch <laughs> the bark and just chalk it up to an amazing experience and then still photograph it. But you don't know that maybe it just uh, maybe it won't be the portfolio shot, but maybe maybe if you find the right scenario, it could be. But uh, just don't give up on it. You know, soak it up. You know, some people see rain and stuff and fog, and they're like, ah, oh, it's totally done. It's wasted. But hey, keep going, keep shooting. Absolutely, and that's part of the adventure. I mean, it's just enjoy the moment, have fun, and that's part right. of the that's part of the chaos, right? Is, yeah, absolutely. Is, is the weather, and it's out of your control, and. 
sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and that's all part yeah. of the game. Uh, right? Man, no, absolutely. Just be yeah. the man in the arena, right? Yeah. No, and you know, sometimes you you learn so much when you the so called bad days. You know, you might find something that's that's actually pretty cool. You might under you might experiment with something that you wouldn't normally do on a beautiful day because you're worried that you might mess up your shot. So sometimes you, you have the be- – you know what else too is that you know, if it's, it's, it's sunset's happening and the clouds are terrible and you know it's not working and it's starting to get dark, wrap it up early and go, go hang out with your buddies. Go hang out with your wife, your family and enjoy the night. I sometimes on a trip, if I have one of those days, I, I feel a little – as long as they're not all those days because then you're like, you know what? No pressure tonight. I, I just just gonna go sit back. We're gonna crack open a few micro beers or you know a bottle of wine and and cook up some food in the camper and have remember have memories, create memories with your buddies or friends or or, or your family too. You know whoever they are, whoever you're on the trip with. Yep. Let's talk gear for a sec. What is uh, what's your favorite lens for photographing landscapes? Ooh, I would say um, I'm a sixteen to thirty five. Um, that's my favorite. A 24 to 70 is pretty strong because it gives me a little bit of flexibility in the zoom side. So I would say, um, on my camera all the time, when I leave my camper or wherever, right. mostly it's the camper or it may, sometimes it's the car, you know, but, um, it's 16 to 35 as the L lens. It's the, it's the second, it's two, it's two L2. And it, it's an amazing L three, I think actually now, um, I, I always get lost in the numbers and where I am with those, but so that's, that's great. Cause you, with the big landscape, you get that. Now I would say I shoot the 70 to 200 more than I think most people probably do with landscape, but I love, I pack that sucker in my backpack, no matter where I go. And people are like, are you kidding me? That thing's a couple pounds. Well, I'm telling you that, that sh- the, some of my favorite pictures ever are from my 70 to 200 zooming in on a little bit of a piece of the piece of the ocean or the mountainside. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of people that don't pack that lens and, um, I know it's a lot of weight, but Hey, trust me, it's worth it. So I would say 16 to 35, if I had two lenses, I would go 16 to 35 and then the 70 to 200 and leave the 24 to 70 at home and then just move my feet if I can. Um, but if I can't, then I just I just crop and post. It's not perfect. It's not ideal. But if I, I I normally take three lenses, so that's what I end up doing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, traditionally, most landscape photographers have always shot on wider lenses. But you're seeing like quite a a few photographers shooting on bigger lenses now, like Nick right. Page and yeah, Page is uh, the man. I was just know? I just saw I just ran into Nick Page. I was just he's uh, on the Oregon trip. We were all up at uh, Cape Disappointment when the big ti- the big king tide came through. Right. I know you, see, you can see on my page there. There's a big wave that hit. You got we were all the one you got out. drenched in. Well, we did. Well, not that. That was my buddy getting drenched. That's oh. a different wave. But the the wave with the lighthouse in the background. There was probably I don't know probably fifty people oh, along yeah. that shore. Um, and we all had the seventy to two hundred on, you know, shooting. And I I love compressing the scene. Like some of my my favorite shots of the Oregon coast. You compress that scene up in Cannon. Um, up in, up in the Cannon beach, you can get up on the hillside. Um, it's the park up there and I, um, it's called Ecola park. Um, not a coli, not a coli, but a cola. Yep. Get up there, <laughs> get your long lens out and you can see some shots on my page and I'm sure you see them everywhere else. You can compress Cannon beaches 
uh, coastline, and then you stack those rocks on top of each other. There's a couple cool trees you can use as your foreground. You can never get that with the with the wide angle, never. So, um, yeah, don't forget your don't sleep on the seventy to two hundred prints. That that sucker is a good lens. Most definitely. Uh, what camera are you shooting on? I shoot with the Canon five D Mark IV. Nice. Um, Sometimes, I mean, I have my, I go in the field with three cameras, um, and I normally shoot one or sometimes I bring the second. Um, uh, but I'm normally, it depends how far away I am from the camper. It's really, you know, if it's a long hike, I'll throw the second one in just in case. I just had this happen. I just, when I, my last day in Oregon, my Mark four was, and my can my lens, and I had to send it in to get fixed. So it's, luckily it's the last day. Um, they're rock communicating air Air zero. So you may you may have you may have seen these. You may have gotten them, but if you ever get them in the field, you're not too happy. Um, and so I switched to my my Mark three. And um, again, the Mark three is a great Mark two is a great I camera. Say the, so, Mark, the Mark two is the dude. That camera. That camera's great. Game changer. Yeah, yeah, it was. I own. I have two of them. I, I that was that was my first Mark. That was my first five D cameras. Those two, and they. I shot. I shoot other things. Corporate wedding, like I said, I shoot those. That's how I started getting into the five D world. But um, if you have a, if you don't have a camera, then you feel like you need to spend some money to get one. If you get the the five D Mark II and you're in landscape scenario, meaning you're out in in the field. Your lighting conditions are most likely going to be pretty good. You know, and you're going to be shooting at 100, 200 ISO, if you know, maybe 400, but unless you're shooting night shots or something, but they're going to come out beautiful. You know, so go get your Mark II if you don't have one. If you can get a Mark III, that is amazing too. The Mark IV is great for the noise, so it, it was a game changer from Mark III to Mark IV and how much noise in, in the high ISO. Mm-hmm. I can shoot at 6400 with that Mark IV, um, the night star shot and not even think twice about it and take a one framer, you know, 30 second one frame and still feel comfortable about the noise in that picture. Um, so yeah, so that, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 5d guy. I'm a Canon guy. I have a Pentax medium format camera that I use sparingly. I never take it in the field. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I just love my Canon. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nikon people too out there. Hey, it's Coke Pepsi, right? So I just, I got into Canon when I first started. It was an accident. You know, it just happened. People always ask me, why don't you go Nikon? Um, I just got a whole set of cam, a camera with lenses for cheap. So I bought them and then I was Canon. I was Canon and I went to the next Canon and I just kept going Canon because everything kind of legacy down or yeah. up, I should say. Um, Nikon has some beautiful stuff out there. So I, I mean, so does Sony, you know? So, I mean, shoot, I've, I've thought about changing that up, but you can't go have, wrong these days. Everyone, yeah, it's, 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 it's like cell phones. Like we've reached, right. we've reached like this peak technology right now to where you're seeing a lot less innovation in phones. Like you can't go right. wrong with the Samsung or an Apple phone. Period. Right. Like they're great. Same thing with cameras. You can't go wrong with the Sony Canon Nikon camera period. Um, granted there's, there's small details, you know, for mm-hmm. specific people, but as far as overall, they're all fantastic cameras. Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, again, are these, are people printing their stuff? I love printing my stuff. I, I, I mean, I hope to print my stuff. I hope to sell my stuff. I hope to have somebody love my picture enough. They want it on their wall. That's to me, that's the ultimate win, right? That's just, that's you. I can have a terrible week and one person buys a print. I'm like, Oh, it's a great week. It was a great week this week. Why? I sold a 16 by 20 print 
You know, so, so how so, do print sales do for you? I'm curious. I, they're not fantastic. I would agree. I would say they're not great. They don't. If I had to live on that alone, I'd be you know, pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but I get one. I get them now and there, uh, now and then. But um, I wish I had more. I push it hard. Um, I set my pricing a little bit higher than I think people like. I feel like I've always. Um, I don't know. I feel like I just don't want to give away a print. You know what I mean? If someone's mm-hmm. interested in it, then and you're and you're um, and you're engaged in it enough to want to bring it home to your house, or your office, or whoever. Um, I feel like the time and effort that we as photographers go out there and do it need to be baked into that price of that of that print. But I would say print sales aren't strong. Um, I I, ha- I um, what does help though is like you know shows. Um, you know, summer festivals, things like that. I try to do that. Not as much. I'm trying to get back into that a little bit more with a couple five-year-old girls running around the house. It's, it's can be challenging to, to say you're going to go do that. So, um, I, I hope I'm always pushing for those. I hope that would be the ultimate goal, man. Um, you know, to, to make a living in that direction along with other versions and other things with that print, whether that's, I don't do too much license, too many licenses to, of prints. I would do them for the right people and the right things, mm-hmm. um, or or group books that people, you know, hey, can we have this picture? We'll be, we'll get we'll, we're creating a book. Um, can we have one of your pictures to add into that? And then you get a free copy of that book, and then you get ten copies to sell to your friends or something. And, and you know, I, if it's my book, great, I'm doing it. But you know, I I've done it. I did it. I used to do it. But now I just would say print sales is mostly one-offs from people that find my pictures. I try to do, you know, with Instagram or posts, I do like a 25% off my post. Somebody gets excited about it. They get a, a pretty good deal on it. And then I try to do shows and try to sell some prints. So um, let me ask you this. Being a Canon shooter, have you ever reached out to Canon? I haven't. I mean, you know, I've done the Canon. I've been, I did the Canon, like um, my shot. You know, I do that. I always push my stuff to them, but I've never reached out. I don't even, um, in terms of what to like be a, be a shooter, be a Canon yeah. guy. Yeah. Just to, I mean, know, explore you know somebody, or... <laughs> I'd be happy to, I haven't reached out though. I mean, no. maybe, uh, maybe the film and Canon. Now I, again, I reach out to the, you know, just to post and get, um, hits from the Canon USA site. But, um, I don't know. I mean, if, if anybody out there, has anybody that wants to connect with me i'd be happy to do it um but yeah i'm a, I'm a big fan of the cam i'm a big fan of the cam- cameras the camera glass um and i'd be definitely open to that conversation prince <laughs> i was just i was just i was just curious uh no it's a good question i i haven't done um but maybe maybe a, maybe an email to somebody hey i'm jay let, let me know how that goes. I, I will tell you. That. I will say, Prince. They don't seem. They don't seem to do much. And one of their, uh, someone I won't name any names, but a a high level person from their organization had sent me a a message the other day. Oh uh, yeah. Didn't and, didn't go well. Well, he just asked. He was asking me about another company that we've been working with, and I just thought Uh-oh. it was interesting. Um, but trying to trying to move you around now see um yeah so exactly it's there's a lot of things a lot of you know collaborations that i'd be willing to i you know it's fun is like um again we were out at keep this appointment nick page is there a couple 
big namers. You know, I ran into people I probably didn't even know were there. You know what I mean? So, but, and I'm a, I'm a very vocal guy when I'm photographing. I just get geeked out. I just get excited. Like, look at I just I'm cheering. I feel like I'm at, I feel like I'm at an event. You know? And so some people probably don't like that. But Nick Page was right there, and they were having a good time, and they were switching out cameras. They're like, try my Sony, and they, they was playing around with the focus and stuff. And that it is good because you know, I mean, I love Canon and stuff, but I would not. I would be open if the right scenario comes up to switch up. I'm always about trying to find the best thing for my, you know, for everything I do. Um, Even like this mirrorless with the R3s or whatever they're going to be with the 45 megapixels that are coming out and the 8K, 120 frames a second. And that's the next thing. I get into film a little bit. That's the next thing I kind of hope to do. I'm doing it now. Film as Um, in video? Yeah, like short film. Mm-hmm. And like I'm getting into like the whole world of that to see how I can kind of pivot from photography and or absorb the video concept as a as a business line. Um, and a lot of people are doing it. Obviously, I'm not new to this. I'm, I'm you know, I kind of drug my feet a little bit. I could have jumped a little earlier, but um, I'm shooting a short film right now. I'm doing some things where I'm the, you know, I'm the camera operator. I'm the writer, producer, uh, camera, sound um even an actor so i'm doing i'm doing all of it so (laughs) so i'm trying to get kind of trying to get some leeway there but you know um all the gear out there is is amazing whether you're canon sony or nikon whoever whoever you're kind of working with right now that'd be great most definitely and uh if anyone's listening my boy is uh obviously a free agent (laughs) (laughs) hey you know emails are welcome happy to entertain things um How do you, so how do you make money as a photographer? How do you well, produce an I, income? See, this is, this is how I, I – when I moved into photography, so I started in high school, right? So I started getting a bug then, but I did – I have a background. I have a business. Um, I ended up going sports business. So I have a master's in sports business, sports management. And so while I was doing all of that, I was photographing things. I was capturing images. I was learning the skill, reading everything, Ansel Adams, anything I can get out of my hand, the whole – you know, uh, the whole system that he has, in pl- he had in place. Um, but the whole time photography was under the, the baseline. So eventually I had to make that jump. Right. And so I'm, I got a fine job making fine money as a sports management, sports, public relations guy, pitching stories of big, um, big, net, you know, big leagues. Let's just say I was in a big league doing that. So, it may, it came time where it was time to possibly transition. And the best thing I had was my wife. So my wife said, if this is this, cause it was a natural transition that was happening. And she said, you know what, if you want to do this, do it, do just give it a shot. We have the ability to do it right now. We didn't have kids at the time. It was early in our, our uh, marriage. So I did it and things started. And I say, you know what, I'm going to do some weddings. You know what? I'm going to just do a couple weddings and see how that goes. I shot 20 weddings my first year. Cause I just, I threw, I, I just knew how to do stuff. You know, I knew lighting, I knew my flash, I knew that, I knew directional light. People booked me. So I started making money off of that. I started pushing corporate. So, um, where I came from, they knew I was a photographer as a fun thing. So I shot some things at the agency for the agency as part of my job. So I was a little lucky in that world, but I was, I pushed it. I told everybody about it. You know, I said, Hey, creative directors and art directors, I do this. Let me try this. And so I did that, got a little bit of a book about this big of a book and then pushed that. Now I do corporate 
I still do weddings. I st- it's a still big part of my life. You know, I mean, you, people go, oh, you do weddings. Oh, my goodness. How do you do that? I mean, it's an amazing event. And you're going to have one soon, right, Prince? And so yeah. if you need a photographer, call me up. I'll travel. No, I'm joking. You could. You could. If you want well, to, you can. But you don't have to call I me. I think people that don't like weddings, they just got to get over it. If, if, if yeah. you're complaining about making money, but you're not shooting weddings, and it's like there's – I'll we don't even need what. to have it. We don't need to have a conversation because you're just making excuses. Yeah. I'll like, tell you what, it, it's the best learning deal that you've got. Either that, or be a photo photojournalistic photojournalist yep. and go out and do some some gigs that way. You're going to learn super fast. Trust me. You're going to you're going to realize what your shortcomings are because you're going to be in a dark room at for the reception, and you're going to be how the I can't crank my ISO high enough to get this. You're going to have a flash on your camera that just looks like you're sitting in a cave you don't want that kind of stuff no one's going to pay for you for that so you're going to realize how your camera works how it how you can produce good photography by getting into wedding i always tell people too the same thing go to a couple weddings don't give me this blues about hey i don't want to do the wedding stuff (laughs) it pays the bills if you want to do it i'm telling you it's a big part of the business it pays my bills and it ebb and flows is the only problem you know weddings although they're consistent you know people have different styles my style if you look at my wedding stuff is again very similar to my landscape very contrasty, very saturated. I'm, I'm, I'm exposing for that background, beautiful sunset, and then I'm using my flash to pop them so it gets a nice contrast there. But some people don't don't like that nowadays. They like the, you know, 35, 1, 2, blown out, you know, soft, real big depth of field, you know. It's just what it is, you know. But go shoot a wedding, man. If you haven't shot one, go shoot two. If you shot two, go shoot ten. So that's how I make some money. I make that and – uh do some corporate, do some commercial stuff, and then again, print sells. Not too large, but they, they provide a little bit of a little what, bit of love. What's the percentage breakdown? What is it mostly is it like fifty fifty corporate wedding and a little bit of print or I would say it's like um forty, forty, thirty, forty wedding, thirty corporate. 10 commercials. So I have a couple clients that send me stuff, shoot in the house. Those are my favorite. You know, they send me, I'm shooting in my pajamas or my, you know, not my, my, my slat or my, uh, my PJs, you know, whatever those are slippers and shirt. So what brings those in, are great. What brings in the most, uh, the highest amount of revenue for the least amount of, of time of like work and stress and all that and time? I would say corporate. I mean, so I shoot, I shoot people. So I photograph, I shouldn't say shoot. I photograph people. Like headshots? Yeah. So I, I'm a big, besides my landscape, if you say, if you're, I, most where I'm making my, my income is with, with people. So headshots, CEOs, C-suites, um, staff, just, you know, if you know your lighting, go figure out what a, you know, pocket wizard is or a pro photo lighting, or just go figure out lighting and then Go to some go to some places that need pictures, that need photography. There's so many people like, oh, we, we're fine. We got this camera, and it's just gross pictures on their website. Just how can how can those people really sell their product if if their headshots are terrible? You know, they just look bad. And <laughs> right. so, go get some lighting, figure it out. Take one bank, even if it's a fl- on camera flash. Get your flash off your camera, shoot that, and then before you know it, you might get a couple gigs here and there. But I would say corporate. It's not as fun as weddings or landscape but it does it does pay the bills i mean you they you know it it does a good job for the it's a lot of setup and then you're sitting with the people for you know real fast in the time two three five minutes 
Right. I, I, I like the way you approach things. I think more young creators need to look at their services as a sales mix and understand that your income doesn't necessarily always come in through one specific right. stream. Oh, and yeah, they need to sure. learn how to create, you know, multiple streams of revenue to to make it work uh, if that's what they want to do. Prince, I think you hit it right on the head on that one. It's true. I mean, it's like you have things that, again, build that fire inside you, kind of replenish that fire inside you. And don't lose that. I, I always tell people, don't whatever that is, don't let that go away. Don't sell that out. But, um, you know, expand into it, whether it's shooting, photographing dogs in the water or photographing babies or, or photographing families or photographing just as long as it says photographing, throw in an X, Y, Z on the end of that. And you should be happy about it. Um, not happy, but you know, it should be something that you're excited about because you're, you're making revenue off. And then people get excited about when they get their first gig and they're like, Oh, I'm doing a wedding. What, what should I do? Um, you know, just be excited, but don't lose whatever that base is. Maybe it's maybe it's cityscape. Maybe it's black and white contrast. Maybe it's abstract. Uh, I still love doing abstract. It's like I do abstract photography, and um, and it's something that sometimes I just get out and I just I have a style of things that I shoot and how I shoot it. And I just sometimes just need to get out and walk around nature and find things. And most of my abstracts within nature. So. Um, and like I said, I'm doing I'm doing short films now, and so I, I'm just trying everything. You know, I'm trying anything to bring mm-hmm. in a dollar. You know what I mean? And so, whether that's landscape, which is if you put it in order, I mean, I'm always going to say, let's go for a trip, let's go for a weekend <laughs> trip somewhere, and right. take some pictures of some nature because you're in nature. You know, it's 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 the it's the it's the 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 most exciting part of the of the process. Right, and I think it's important. You know, you have like these three buckets. You have like what you're good at. Uh, what you love to do and then what people are willing to pay for. And, and, right. and you got to understand that they're different and you can <laughs> love to shoot landscapes. You mm-hmm. can be really good at weddings and you could get, you know, you can make bank doing corporate stuff or whatever yeah. it may be. And, 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 right. and I think it takes, uh, you know, it takes a moment to, to, to figure all that out, but it's important for everyone to realize yeah. those types yeah. of things. And there's a lot of folks too, like you're just saying is that they kind of start giving away their, their product um don't i'm not saying don't go out and connect with people that do headshots that do uh, like fashion shots of of people you know like models or something they want to want some hey let's connect and i'll exchange my services for just a picture of you well that's good that's a good way to start and get going and get some stuff but at some point don't be afraid to say yeah i, I charge x amount per hour I'll, I'm happy to do that, and I'll, I'll throw in the files for you, so then you can use them however you want. And so, um, at some point, you gotta if you want to stay in it, unless you're unless you have enough money to not worry about it, and you don't you have some sort of income that's um, that's letting you do it without having to uh, make any money. Then, gosh, that's great. Let me find that. Let me find that out. But I have I my whatever i make from i'm i'm marketing campaign i'm the sales sales department and i'm the photographer so i whatever i can do i try to i do it to make make some money for the family do you think it's easier to do uh so you're a one-man solopreneur do you think things would be easier if you had a team if you could team up with say three or four other photographers like yourself and right. create a little and, business together. Well, you know what? I, I, I would be open for that. I'd be open for 
um, discuss. I'm open for a lot of things. You know, I'm open to discuss and communicate with people. I think if the right connections were in place, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't see why that would be a problem. There are some major challenges when you're rolling solo. There's some major benefits, but there are some major challenges that you have to just overcome because if you don't answer an email, no one's answering that email. If you, if you don't have best practices in something, you know, like I've had to figure out how to run a website, start a website, create a website, all that stuff. And I, you know, it's some, someone might've had a better idea with that. Um, and I could have potentially, you know, not spent three weeks, you know, my, my life putting together things, you know, but you know, you learn from it and then you, you kind of then become the owner of it, of your company. But I would love to have that collaboration. I'm, I'm always trying to collaborate. It, it's hard. It's hard to do. It's, I, it's, I think for being someone that's in um, just outside of Baltimore, between D.C. and Baltimore, it can be difficult. So um, to find the people that want to just go out and, and shoot and make – and that's uh, not someone that's just trying to, you know, to, to give and take a little bit. You know, like what what am I giving to get back? You know, it's always fun to try to find that same level. I'm, it's not like I'm again – I love teaching and – and talking through with folks that come up and talk to me because I talk to a lot of folks when I walk in with all my gear to corporate people talk to me nonstop about right. it. Um, but you need balance there. You do. Right? You need some balance. You got to be giving something to get something. And sometimes it's just energy and passion and love. I, I love seeing people that are passionate about photography. It gets me all goosed up and fired up. I notice, I notice creatives sometimes get nervous when talking about that because I understand social media basically makes everyone accessible, meaning anyone can send you a DM. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you should ever feel weird about not wanting to shoot with someone, not answering a DM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are levels to this. Like, I mean, if you were to just contact a CEO or an entrepreneur for whatever company, like there's a really good chance that they're just not going to reply. Like no, and not because they're bad people, just more or less because like this isn't an even exchange of value. Like their time is valuable and they're not, there's nothing for them in this situation. They have nothing to gain and it's not, it's, it's very one-sided. And so they don't, they don't engage you. But, right, exactly. You got to bring something to that table, and I will say to back, to follow up on that is like if you're a student out there and you're in the in the community, use that to your advantage. If you're a student, absolutely. whether or not if you're even if you're not even in a photography um, you know education, you're getting your business degree and you're you're still a student. And so if you contact someone about something while you're a student, people are way more may, way more willing to work with you. Um, I get a lot of requests for seconds and, uh, you know, helps and grips and things like that. And when the, when someone comes through, that's a student that has a, has a portfolio, you got to have something, you got to have some pictures to show me so I can kind of gauge. I'm way more willing to, to follow up on that person than vice versa. Cause you know, I'm getting both sides. I'm trying to find those people that are going to help me out. And then people are doing the same to me. And I, and I try to like, I try to respond to them or I try to interact with them, but, Sometimes I, you know, I just have to say, no, thank you, you know, right. but, but I'm willing to see it. I'm willing to, I'm willing to see that email or willing to see that, that text message or DM me on, on my page. I'm always, I'm always willing for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, well, we've been chatting for yeah, about an hour now. We're coming to the end of our episode. It's been really time nice. Time flies when you're having fun, right? I, it's like dude, you, I know. We're just like at a, we're just at like a, a cliff somewhere looking at a mountain range right now. I feel like. I wish that that that'll be <laughs> soon enough. I hope we can get the podcast to that point. That would be epic. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, much rather be doing that than, than hey, sitting in. Hey, my sign office. me up! <laughs> sign me up for the first ever 
outdoor landscape <laughs> podcast. Buzz, have a, you have a panel. I'll be on there. I'll be there yes. I'll, I'll, if you, if you want. We'll, we'll do the state of landscape photography, and it'll be it'll be outside on the west coast, and the, you know, overlooking yeah, the bay or something. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I think that uh, that sounds like up my alley and most everybody else's. Right. <laughs> Uh, so with us coming up to the end of the show, uh, Jay, we normally end with our guests leaving the AOB audience with some words of wisdom and inspiration, um, whatever that may be. So whenever you're ready, feel free to uh, spread the love and joy. All right. Well, first off, let me let me say thanks again, Prince, for bringing me on and having me part of this show. I, I really am really honored to be a part of the the great crew that you've had on before. And I'm sure the great crew that's going to be on after. So thanks again. I appreciate that. One thing that came to mind was, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, before we started this show about quotes. And one of my favorite quotes is Michael Jordan's, and it works for basketball, but also works from photography. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So what that means to me is that if you don't try, you give up or you think you won't give, you won't make it and you don't take a chance. Um, there's 100% chance that you won't make it. You will fail. If you give it a shot, a chance, and you say, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take that shot, so to speak. You're not going to make them all. You're going to fail sometimes too, but you're going to make a few, you're going to get a few wins. And so give it a chance, whether you're starting out, or you're someone like myself that's 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 in a that goes up and down through peaks and valleys and are in a in a rough spot right now. Whether you're you're ebbing instead of flowing, and you're thinking, can I make it still? Can I get that next gig? Can I bring in the income? Am I going to have to give up this uh, this lifestyle and go be back a public relations um, um, individual? Just keep trying, keep plugging away, because you know you never know what door is going to give you that opportunity to, to potentially continue your dream. If that is photography for me, it is, it's art, it's photography, it's video. Um, and I'm continuing my best to try and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It, it, nothing that's nothing that's nothing in life. That's, um, amazing to get is easy to obtain. So you have to go through some of those difficult moments and then hopefully on the other end, you you just you just enjoy the process. And even if you don't make it, you've 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 had a good time doing it. You got a couple pictures from it. You got a you got a video, or you got a you got a conversation with Prince over here at the uh, AOV community. So uh, again, thanks again. I really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the Instagram and seeing you on the podcast land, and hopefully in that overlooking the bay on your first ever outside <laughs> hopefully podcast. i see you in person soon yeah well uh, next time i'm out there i'll have to try to ping you up and uh, give you a give you a quick shout out and see what see where you are because it seems like you're moving around a lot so absolutely maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you so much uh jay for coming on the show be sure to follow jay on instagram at jay more photography that's more with two o's m-o-o-r-e uh, so Jay underscore more underscore photography. Uh, he has amazing work. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to share this episode if it resonated with you. Appreciate you guys and see you next time.